0: humans. This is Brandon with episode 44 of Not A Robot's DC comic review show, the world's greatest podcast about the world's greatest heroes. They keep coming back so I'll introduce them. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. Don't
1: panic.
2: Wonderful. (laughs) And Josh. Now I feel like I need to after that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello humans. Uh,
0: This week we've got Milestone Returns, Infinite Edition, number one. Mr. Miracle, The Source of Freedom, number one. Batman, Superman, number 18. Strange Adventures, number 10. Action Comics, number 1031. Harley Quinn, number three. Detective Comics, number 1036. Robin, number two. Teen Titans Academy, number three. And towards the end, we'll briefly summarize Stargirl Spring Break, number one. Right. Before we get going, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month. And thank you, listeners, too. Like, download, and share our episodes so we get more listeners and can bring you more content. You can get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot podcast shows at notarobotpodcast.com. But before we get into our issues for this week, what's new with you guys?
1: Uh, Personally, I got a promotion.
0: Oh, Oh, nice. I'm so
1: excited for this. Uh, I I will want to talk to you guys about recording times because i might have to push it back a little bit Mm -hmm. but it's just like double the trip but it's so much more pay oh yeah
2: yeah man congratulations thank you very much
1: and in other news there's there's a lot of stuff about tv in the dc world going on right now i heard that yeah like the flash we got our first look recently at impulse Mm -hmm. in his costume and i gotta say it looks pretty good
0: yeah, yeah I, th- a... I think the only problem that I have with it is just I wish that they had casted someone younger because you can really tell, like, this is someone who's not, a you know, a teenager or like a yeah. kid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who looks like a yeah. grown man in an impulse costume. And it, it just it looks a little silly. Like the the suit itself is fine. It's just it's mm-hmm. the it's the age of the person
2: and that, that's inside of it yeah, yeah exactly it go, that's what doesn't go it's together. like
0: yeah it's, it's like i mean we reviewed flash 768 and it's like that brief scene where you know wally's looking in a mirror and we see him dressed in the flash costume or the impulse costume but he sees himself as impulse but it, it just it looks like that where it's like you're you're really too big yeah. for that costume
2: yeah Yeah. uh what's it's jordan fisher he's been in a lot of stuff or at least the name is familiar to me Mm -hmm. it just yeah i think you're right man um i think it's cool that he gets to show up finally but uh i think they maybe went with somebody a little too old yeah it could
1: be and but that's the reason they they might have done that is nora their daughter from a previous season. If you guys are watching any of that, she's also making a return, and they are going to be twins together. Oh and, no way! And she's a little bit older, so I think they're they're just trying to match her age a bit more. Uh, okay. Jessica Parker Kennedy, I uh, think, is actually like a year older than Grant Gustin, wow. which is kind of awkward. <laughs>
2: yeah, that is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird.
1: So that 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 would probably be why they cast somebody a little bit older, and I can completely understand that. My biggest gripe, though, is that. And this is just a little bit of a nitpick, you can say, is that it's it's not Barry and Iris's grandson.
0: Yeah, I do kind of miss that. But I, I, I think, like, I don't know, I feel like they were probably trying to streamline the origin a little more. But I, mm-hmm. I still feel like you could have done a an easier job instead of just having it be, you know, your kid. Like, you could have, yeah. you probably still could have finessed it and found a way to make it Barry's well, grandson.
1: If anybody's caught up to this season of The Flash, you can completely understand finesse is not in the writer's vocabulary.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I have not watched The Flash since like season two, so
1: I'm uh, way no, out of you the
0: loop. Jumped off at a good point. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I stuck with every single CW show all the way up until the finale of Arrow. That was just when I said. Fuck
0: it. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I gotta, gotta say, I
2: yeah, I I gotta say that I am interested in seeing. With uh, um, I heard that there's a couple of new shows that are coming out on the CW, mm-hmm. which includes Naomi, just getting her first look at
1: her series. We got that recently, a little bit of a first look, it was mixed in with the footage for their 2021 22 season. Mm. Uh-huh. So we only got a little bit of snippets here and there, but a bit we did see actually looks pretty good.
2: Yeah, I didn't I, have, I haven't I have seen it yet, I just I heard about it, or, or rather I read about it, but it mm. looks pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Okay. I, it, it's kind of wild that she's she's, she, yeah. she's such a new character, and we know seriously next to nothing, and her Her story is still being unfolded in the books, probably because Bendis takes so long. Yeah. But <laughs> now we're. she's getting her own show, and it's wild to see just where they're gonna go with it it's mad fast
0: though i mean they really pumped that that show out like crazy fast and i mean you know i want to be optimistic for it but the, the cynical part of me is is kind of like it feels like because the first series maybe didn't sell that well they pitched a pilot to the cw so that they could possibly get more eyes on the character and then get the second season that they wanted all along i don't know if that's true i could be in the wrong but that's what the cynical side of me is saying i want to be more optimistic about it though
2: Fair enough. the cynical side of me is saying this is just a publicity bullshit stunt Mm -hmm. they're not rather a publicity stunt but i guess more like a marketing move yeah they've got a character that everybody talks about they've got a character that everybody likes and their only complaint is is that she doesn't have any backstory. Well, if everybody's still liking and reading it, then they don't care, and they're gonna push that out. I actually heard, and who knows if this is actually true or not, but I heard that uh, her her superhero name might actually come to fruition on that TV show. Like, not even in the comics. Oh wow! Like the TV show is where her name's gonna pop out. Uh. Weird, yeah. Yeah, that uh, is, that is very weird. interesting
1: that yeah that's that's like a big separation between like tv writers and comic writers right there yeah there's a good chance that her tv superhero name might never make it to the comics unless like years down the road some other writer it's like yeah i might use this
2: maybe uh i hope (laughs) you know no offense Tynan, but i hope that's not who names her (laughs) she'll be super power girl (laughs) (laughs) and <laughs> <laughs> on the um, right.
1: uh, there's, there's one more thing that was announced in the past week, a couple of weeks ago I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we got a casting confirmation for Guy Gardner on HBO Max's Green Lantern series and yeah. now we have confirmation on Alan Scott
0: Yeah, I don't Get know I school. I I looked at the guy and, and he I mean, I, don't, I, I didn't really see what other stuff he's done, but he's a little He's a little young, younger than I I guess I would have Mm -hmm. expected for an Alan Scott. I mean, I don't know how they how young they're going to try and make him. But I I usually saw Alan Scott as more of like, you know, in his 50s or 60s or something like I don't know if you guys saw the Watchmen TV show. But like the guy who plays Ozymandias, Jeremy Irons was more of like what I was thinking.
2: Don't uh, me. Well, I mean, Alan see, Alan Scott I w- would
1: be amazing. That would be amazing,
2: <laughs> wouldn't it? But and uh, I would call that an older Alan Scott, though. I mean, definitely. I wouldn't say that he, you know, I don't think that the guy should look like he's in his twenties. But to me, he's always been like a late thirties, early forties kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, old enough to be a dad, old enough to have respect, old enough to have been around the block a few times. But I mean, definitely not looking like a leather bag. I mean, you oh know, yeah,
0: no, I mean, yeah. not like like basically the same age as Jake Garrett. Maybe
2: a little younger. Yeah, maybe a little younger. Gotcha. Uh, from what I understand,
1: and I might just be pulling this out of my ass. I just think I remember reading this months ago. Mm-hmm. The Alan Scott they're going for with this series is closer to the Earth Two Alan
0: Scott that nah. book we had. Okay, uh, a little well, while, he was like, younger like then. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Not All- at least with the character base. Not with the Green Lantern idea. Like he's like an emissary of the Green or anything. From what. I can guess they're being part of the Green Lantern series as it's supposed mm. to tie in the Green Lantern core. So that'll it, be interesting to see how that's gonna go.
2: It's T V. It all it always changes, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Well that's that's the biggest news in the TV land right now.
2: Well, i d I've heard that they are they are possibly making an Arkham Knight series on HBO Max built around Ben Affleck's Batman. Really? yeah now it's total rumor there's no proof to it whatsoever but yeah coming down the grapevine that's something that's actually being considered um speaking of batman they are putting out a book called uh what was it called again batman the world (laughs) and it's it's gonna be batman stories like all across the globe and in each country that they put him in it's going to be creators specifically from that country Mm. i thought that was pretty cool it's hard hardcover 184 pages and they're gonna release it just four days before batman day which is september 18th for the for the record (laughs) and uh have you guys been over on dc comics.com lately
0: not not in no. a couple of weeks, no.
2: They, they have this, you know, they've got their little blocks and their little graphics you click on and whatnot. Mm. I saw one that said, bring some Batman to your bar. So I clicked on it because, <laughs> of course, I was curious. Apparently, they have put out a 70-page book for Gotham Expired... Gotham inspired <laughs> uh, food and drink recipes, and they have a couple of the cocktail recipes that are on the website there for a preview. Oh, they've gotten they've got names like the Demon's Head, Feline Fatale, and the Last Laugh. Uh, oh uh-huh. They've got one called Elegy for Kate for Kate Kane. Hmm. That one's two different kinds of vermouth, pomegranate juice, club soda, and a lemon twist. <laughs> I, you know, I think a lot of thought went into these drinks. Yeah, that's to be completely awesome. perfect with you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, oh, they announced the uh, free comic book day books coming out on August 14th. Uh, it's going to be a preview of Batman Fear State, the new I Am Batman series. And the Suicide Squad one is going to have a King Shark story written by Tim, Tim Seeley. And Scott Collins, yeah. I Almost missed that part. There's going to get a sneak peek at Suicide Squad Get Joker. That's by Brian Azzarello and Alex Maliev, so that's going to be good. And they're putting out that uh, those young adult books, Teen Titans, Beast Boy Loves Raven. That's been around for a little bit. But they're, if I'm reading this right, there's a new book on its way called Batman and Robin and Howard and Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld. I saw that and I, I <laughs> when I read that I had
1: the same thought you did but then <laughs> I, I saw pictures of two different books so it is Batman and Robin and Howard hmm. and Amethyst so it's two different books okay yeah I still want to know what the, who the hell is Howard <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is I saw the like cover is pretty
2: cute graphic novel or
0: something no. yeah
1: yeah it looks like Batman is bringing Robin to school and he's uh. made a friend named Howard but uh. Robin's actually in his Robin costume it's Weird, but it's for kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's, it's right. adorable.
2: Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, speaking of Sealy, apparently him, Sarah Beattie, and Mirka Andolfo are going to be putting out a Superman vs. Lobo book. That's cool as hell. And I have you, maybe I'm not remembering this, but this seems like a really cheap ploy to sell some comic books, dude. But um, apparently in this promotional stunt that they're doing to promote the new Suicide Squad movie, uh on a whole bunch of different titles for DC Batman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, a whole slew of other ones. They're all going to have variant covers featuring the Suicide Squad. Yeah,
0: that well, that's sounds not the, about right. Not the
1: first time <laughs> that's that's happened. this happen. Yeah. I think okay. even Marvel does that
0: sometimes. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll tie Very it in, in the release. movie and yeah. I vaguely I, I, remember I, them having like
2: Justice League themed covers when that came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I guess I've just never paid attention to it. And I, I caught it in the news. I was like, what Oh yeah. Now that's that <laughs> that feels pretty pretty standard for them. It's just so they can, yeah. you know, promote the movie and everything.
1: I mean, it's free advertising. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically.
2: <laughs> yeah, no kid. Oh, and I guess the last thing is, uh if you want your voice to be heard on that round robin tournament, there is four days left by the time you hear this anyway and that's to cast your vote you can get it on dcuniverseinfinite.com which I just checked not too long ago earlier today and had 1400 votes on there alone and then you can get it on Twitter and their Instagram stories I don't have the slightest idea what the percentages look like they don't show that on the website but they're not going to tell us who wins until October 16th on Fandom oh wow yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah, I'm really dragging it out. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, man. That's not cool at all. And I gotta say, I don't know, man. Okay, so you guys are right. It is more than the Robin sitting around a coffee table because on the DC Universe website, they've got uh, 10, I think it's 10 pages of previews for both titles.
0: Okay.
2: And uh, it's definitely not the Robin sitting around in a coffee in a coffee shop. I did not zoom in to read the story because I didn't want anything to be spoiled for me. But um, the panels themselves look pretty good, and there is action shots in it. On the Suicide Squad thing, the action shots look pretty good. The art looks super great, but it is really dense. There's word balloons fucking everywhere. Also, so, I mean,
0: again, and this just kind of reinforces my point because, like, the... Um I guess this is another bit of news, but the the D.C. Uh, August solicitations came out yesterday, I believe. And right on the cover of Robin number five is literally the thing that I have been saying for like the past couple episodes, which was if you want to do a Robin's book, you have a Robin book. Just do an arc where all the Robins team up. And on the cover of number five, what are they doing? An arc where all the Robins team up. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm telling you you this this podcast is psychic. I know, seriously. But I was just like, why didn't you just do that instead of having this in the round robin book at all? If you're going to have a whole arc that revolves around the robins teaming up and another separate book that does the exact same thing, what's the point?
2: Exactly. So even if it is a little word heavy,
0: I know, and I'm like, I think I'm still a little salty about that. Like, I knew Robbins was going to win, but like, I was, I was really bucking for Green Lantern. Mm Yep.
2: At at the last round, I had to be. Um. All I can say is that even though it's a little dense, that doesn't necessarily it's going to be bad. It doesn't necessarily it's going to be (laughs) Bendis. Um. So. I still want to see that Suicide Squad book over top of the Robins book.
0: Yeah, at this point I hope so, but it just
2: doesn't seem likely. Oversaturation, people. just doesn't seem (laughs) likely. Anyway, I want to try out some of those Gotham City cocktails, so if anybody out there tries them, go check it out. At least (sighs) check out the previews on the DCComics.com website. Mm. Let us know what they were like. And Guys, if you drink at all, check them out and try them out. I know we're going to here. (laughs) <laughs> also just, we'll, we'll we'll have a cocktail review bonus episode. Oh yeah, that'll be
0: fun.
1: <laughs> so I was just checking out uh, just an, uh, one more thing about the round robin, uh, the poll on Twitter on Instagram because that's what I have access to, and it looks like the poll is only on DC Universe. Oh no! So, really? So realistically, American fans, oh, feel free, but us Canadians, you should out of luck. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean, unless you have a VPN or something.
1: Even like that's a lot of work for just yeah. a vote. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been waiting I, I can, for DC to announce it. I can hook you up. Oh,
2: yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> get your voice heard, my man. Vote Definitely. by any means necessary. I get, would this count as election fraud?
0: <laughs> no, I, think we're good. I mean it's a, you know it's, I, don't, I don't know why they still have you know dc universe region blocked like i don't been, understand what, yeah two three years at this point point.
1: i i think netflix at least for canada is a big problem with it because a lot of the stuff they have on there is also on like other streaming services
2: oh yeah, it's licensing problems man. bell
1: is a big problem in canada and they own like half the fucking country
2: uh, that,
0: that's weird <laughs> to me though like i remember when titans was was just starting and people that i knew from canada were just like what the hell like we can't what are we supposed to do outside of using a vpn and trying to access it yeah i mean honestly watch
1: it on netflix yeah it's like
0: (laughs) i I mean you know until hbo max picked up a lot of those shows like you really just had no option
2: am am i wrong or (laughs) i think this might be the bigger kick in the teeth is that i think it's shot in vancouver
1: Actually, yeah. tit- Titans is shot in Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. Toronto. Okay, Literally, I knew like, it was I down the street from my Canada. fucking house. Uh, that's, that's,
2: like, tough, I'd really. be standing on the roof with the binoculars, man.
1: If you see me in the background in season three saying, bring it to Canada, uh, it just, you'll know why.
2: <laughs> we'll look for the smoke signals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, is there is there any more news?
2: I think that about sums it up. Yeah. I, I still like. I have this nagging
1: feeling there's something I'm forgetting, but I, we've talked about a lot of news, so it's, <laughs> I don't
0: think I'll remember any. Yeah, I think I think that's everything. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Sealy's got a lot of stuff coming out. I'm excited, but uh, I, I suppose it's time to dive into them reviews.
0: All right, yeah. All right, well, to get us started, we'll look at Milestone Returns, Infinite Edition number one. So... This is a release of a digital issue that came out in February and serves mostly as an introduction or reintroduction based on how familiar you are with these characters to the world of Milestone told from two stories basically. The first largely, is largely from the lens of the characters Static and Hardware as Static aka Virgil Hawkins deals with the emergence of his powers after attending a uh, Black Lives Matter rally and Curtis Metcalf aka Hardware who must use his newly developed skin technology and hardware suit to protect himself after essentially taking the blame for the chemicals he designed that were used in a police rally that caused a lot of the people to uh, have new powers. Yes. We also catch up with some of the other heroes around Dakota City, like Icon and Rocket, the teenagers who were affected by Curtis's gas, as well as Static, who uses his new powers to take down a bully at school. Uh, and a man named Holocaust who will use his powers to defend his neighborhood by any means necessary, it seems. Uh, The second story largely focuses on Icon and Rocket and their assessment of these new and weird characters emerging all over Dakota City with a mysterious figure emerging at the end named Dharma who states that the weirdness is only just beginning in the war (laughs) to come. And uh, that's it. So what did you guys think?
2: Awesome, ah, Dude i absolutely first off let me say i absolutely dig the art style in all like uh and well i'll say all three stories because Mm -hmm. the art style went back and forth with static and and hardware and uh it was fantastic of course jim lee stands out that dude is easily one of my favorites all the time but he i i never bring him into the discussion because i guess you know after so long i just consider him part of the brass now (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um (laughs) I love how this story is set in a world parallel to our own in so many ways. Uh, the self-contained universe, it seems. It looks like it is going to be very capable of maintaining itself without any help from the rest of DC, like we were talking about before. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of interesting setup.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Is and, there, uh, is
0: there uh, and th- I have to ask, just with so many different focuses on kind of the different characters around Dakota City... Is there any one that's kind of stand out for either of you two? Or are you just kind of taking it all in?
2: Oh, I've always... Uh, you know, everybody loves Static, of course, but mm. uh, Icon and Rocket, I have always loved them. I, I, they've, they, they're absolutely uh, like... Uh, oh, geez, I'm completely blanking. Um, Laurel and Hardy, almost, you know, of the superhero world, because mm. they're so completely opposite. And uh, I I just always love that team, so I'm I'm digging that. But so far, man, all of them look great.
0: Yeah, I th- I and, think for me at least. Oh, sorry, Rob, did no, you want to go ahead?
1: Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um. So I'm from the generation that grew up with the static cartoon, mm-hmm. a Static Shock, in the late '90s, early 2000s, and I was so excited to see him back in a book. I actually didn't get a chance to read his book in the New Fifty Two, but now to be the real OG Virgil Hawkins again. I'm so excited to see him back. Oh, yeah. And hardware looks just yeah. badass. I think yes, he does. That, that's <laughs> the one that I
0: was actually going to say interests me the most because I mean, I wasn't overly familiar with hardware, but I kind of had like a general understanding of of who he was. I hadn't really read the original series. I told in our Slack channel that I had the the like a floppy of the first issue that I found it like a flea market or something. I just kind of like stuck it in my long box and just kind of left it there and forgot about it. But I pulled it out before we started recording and uh, and I read it and it, it, it definitely holds up. And I think that's, yeah. I mean, Hardware's kind of, seems like a character that could fit pretty seamlessly in the DC universe, and I'm, I'm surprised they've never really used him outside of the the Milestone stuff, because I feel like along uh, with... They Star- brought him
2: into the New 52 era that, yeah. that, that, towards the very end of oh, it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like... I mean, I don't know. He seems like someone that would kind of work well with a lot of the different teams, and like I said, I'm surprised they haven't really done anything, because I, I could definitely see him, you know, in a book like Outsiders, or, or maybe... Oh, yeah, for sure. ...a support Justice League team, or they had the... um. And this this is one that I was thinking. It's too late now, but the in the new 52, and they were doing the like government Justice League of America team. I was thinking he would have fit in there pretty well, just as like yeah. a, a counter um, to some of the other like main Justice League heroes. But yeah, I don't know. I it's uh, I think that's the one that interests me the most. And then. Um, you know what?
2: He'd fit in really good for whatever the hell we're calling it—Justice League Frontier or whatever—with uh, where where all the other people are getting sucked too. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. The the uh, is that for Infinite Frontier?
2: Yeah, Infinite yeah, Frontier. Yeah, yeah, yeah with for Wally sure. and everybody, he yeah. would he would be really good on that team. Mm. But again, I think that they don't need to cross over. I think these characters are going to be strong enough to have this self-contained thing going on. And the fact that they started it off with uh, a, a crowd being dispersed by this gas, this chemical agent, mm. there's untold amounts of people that have been granted these superpowers. Let alone the ones that got melted. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> that was messed up, man. They, they in in the part of, in, in part of the story, you hear that they have bandages wrapped around them just to keep their skin from falling off and that's that's the ones that didn't develop superpowers of course mm-hmm. but uh, man what a story dude what a story I straight up I'm maybe this is because I feel like I've been waiting forever and this is excitement for this but uh, short story but I'm giving it a 9.5 out of 10 man
0: very nice yeah I thought it was a, a really you know strong start mostly just a setup issue which is why mine's a little lower than that I ended up giving it a, an 8 out of 10 because, like I said, it's it's mostly just an introduction, kind of stage setting. I, I feel like once they get to the individual books, they'll be able to stretch their legs a little bit more. But I'm I'm definitely interested to see where it's uh where it's going. What about you, Rob?
1: I, I can definitely agree that it would be better suited in its own universe, and it doesn't have to mesh with the the overall DC universe. As excited as I as I would be to see Virgil Hawkins team up with Jackson Hyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, even, that even cool. with the
0: uh the teen titans again they had yeah. him uh in the titans shortly before the uh the new 52 for quite a time mm-hmm. after they oh kind of merged gosh. the universe after final crisis but uh but yeah did you
2: imagine uh, magic static and damien
0: oh god <laughs> yeah well it's it's funny because there was supposedly uh, this is one of those like Rumors that flies around and no one is really sure if it's it's true, but um, The writer for Supergirl around that time right before he left I think he did like two issues Nick Spencer who is kind of over at Marvel now doing his own thing But while he was doing Supergirl he talked about trying to basically do a backdoor pitch for a young justice series and on that young justice series along with Damien and Ray West who was Impulse at that time uh, was going to be a lot of like the basically the Teen Titans characters that had been kind of shunted to the side like Miss Martian um, and uh, and Static so in another universe that might have happened but uh, alas sucks. we shall never know unfortunately
1: but yeah I, I loved this book it's just fantastic I'm so excited for the future of Milestone again and that this is back. They had to fight to get these characters off the ground back in the 90s, and they did, and deserves its time in the spotlight for sure. And I honestly I didn't know how to grade this any less than I did. I had to actually like sit down for a few minutes and think about a reason because I felt like 10 out of 10 <laughs> as much as I high. wanted to give it just might be a little on the nose. So I found a reason. I just wish there was a little bit more hardware. I felt we got a lot of Rocket and an Icon and a lot of static and yeah. not a lot of hardware. I wish we could have seen a little bit more hardware, but it makes me more excited for his book. So for that, 9.9 9 out of 10.
0: Wow. Very high. I'm, I'm so stoked for this. Yeah, yeah. and um, I, I, I had seen this, but I kind of forgotten about it, but um, uh, Josh had mentioned that the hardware series is going to be by... Uh, Brandon Thomas and and Dennis Cowan. So I'll make sure to support that. One for Brandon solidarity and two, um, just because, you know, it sounds really interesting. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, next we'll move on to Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom, number one. And uh, do you want to take that one away, Josh?
2: I sure do. This one is also written by Brandon. Brandon
0: Easton. Oh man, I'm feeling like <laughs> super represented over here.
2: <laughs> right. And uh I'm I apologize right off the bat, guy, but uh I'm gonna butcher your name. I think it's Ficho Osio and and uh Rico Renzi on art, mm-hmm. Yannick Paquette on the cover, and Rob Lee on letters. And as far as Mr. Miracle goes, Shiloh Norman is a badass Mr. Miracle. <laughs> oh yeah. While both of the Mr. Miracles are good characters, I feel like Scott Free is just a little depressing. That's not the first time I've said that on this podcast. Thaddeus Brown was actually the OG Mr. Miracle, and he trained both versions of himself, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, It starts off with him performing the highest space jump in human history. That's Shiloh. 62 miles in the air, or 100 kilometers if you're like Rob in the rest of the world. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he waits until the very last second, literally before not crashing into the earth at Mach 1.5. Yikes. And he he has definitely made a career out of his talents. Unfortunately, that career is dipping a bit, even after that stunt. You get a peek at his surroundings and the place he's living in, though, and he's still doing Okay. He's uh he's told that he needs to go out and either be a hero to pick up his ratings and get people to like him again, or to take off the mask. He's not going to reveal himself, even though the public is demanding it, so hearing up is what he does. Well, that and trying to be a ladies' man that comes with a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, he's not as good as that as he is escaping things, though. He has a valid reason for not wanting to reveal his identity, and that's largely tied to being a black man. As he says, things haven't changed much between 1969 and now. And the issue ends on quite the surprise, with the only child of Big Barda and Scott Free, somebody named Never Free. (laughs) And it looks as though he wants to take the costume from him. And you know what? I can understand why this guy wants Mr. Miracle's costume. This guy looks like his costume was put together by going through the recycling bin of Earth's superheroes. I saw a little bit of Aquaman in there. I saw some Robin. (laughs) But in any case, I love it. This was a great read. The art was so much better than what we had in Future State. Much more appealing to a wider audience. And if you want to sell books, that's what you have to do. And, uh... There were just a few art issues, mostly a few faces, some coloring issues, but it is a solid 8 out of 10 for me.
0: Nice. Rob, what did you think? I, I loved
1: it. Yeah, this was, I was thinking the exact same thing. It was much more enjoyable than the future state stories. And honestly, I feel like I would have enjoyed the Future State stories more if it was in a more sequential order instead of just here and here and here and here. But here we get not much throwback as far as I can remember to anything that we saw in Future State. And it's just its own story, and it's nice. It's charming. It's fun. And Shiloh really proves he is the master at escaping things because he can escape a date in the best way possible.
0: Mm. Yeah, it seems like it, it. might be a little bit of a, a what we'll call a soft reboot, um, just because from my understanding, um, and I'm I'm really just going off of the Mister Miracle that I remember from Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers, and uh, Final Crisis, because um, really that that's kind of my only exposure to the character. But I I thought his identity was public. I didn't realize he was. That's why I was like, it kind of feels like it might be a soft reboot for Infinite Frontier. Or maybe this has taken place in the past. Because I don't know if they specify when this is supposed
2: to be. Maybe I don't I know something. that Shiloh Norman's identity has ever been revealed. I know Scott Freeze has. Mm. Yeah, But I, I, remember, I, I, I like, don't remember
0: he was that. Yeah, he was doing stunts in the, um, the Mr. Miracle Seven Soldiers series. And it didn't seem like he was, you know... Um, it wasn't like a that. mystery, yeah. But again, I, I like that's why I'm like I don't know is this like a little soft reboot? Is this an origin story?
2: I or think it's I just where it. we're at with Infinite Frontier, yeah. Which is going to be the excuse for a lot of stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like I said, it could have happened years ago, or it could have happened last week. But this is a a newer, updated origin. Hard to say. That one just it kind of was a little confusing for me, at least.
2: Uh, hey, just real quick before we move on any further, uh, I just happened to see a piece of news come across here that the um, the guy that's going to be directing the Green Lantern series on HBO Max is actually Lee Tolan Kriker. And he works on Superman, Lois, and Riverdale. Oh, that's yeah. like... that's like that's that's
0: that's that's weird that's like a yin and yang situation (laughs) well
2: here you go all right so we've got greg berlanti and mark guggenheim that's writing it right those are two total cw heads i don't love those names either Either. but the next one i do seth graham smith are you guys familiar with that name
1: sounds familiar
2: He's yeah. the guy that takes historical events and throws monsters into them, like Pride and Prejudice and zombies and Abraham Lincoln vampire killer or vampire oh. hunter, okay. and guys he can write. Yeah. Now he's got some silly premises for sure, but that boy can write a book, man. And uh, so that that news has me a little more excited about this series. Mm-hmm. And I found out it will begin on Earth in 1941 with secretly gay FBI agent Alan Scott, and it will also be set in 1984 with cocky alpha male Guy Gardner and half-alien Bree Jarta. Apparently we're getting a bunch of other lanterns, ones we see in the books, and ones they're going to invent for the show. But okay. th- that's that's all I've hmm. got now. <laughs> FBI agent.
0: Oh man. What happened to him being an engineer? Right. Hey. That's my favorite part because he like I love that origin because it's it's so it's so silly but it's so yeah yeah it's so silly but it's so you know golden age like he literally falls (laughs) off a train and (laughs) writes and speaks (laughs) to him and I was I was like I don't know I was really hoping that they were gonna go all the way with it but I
2: don't know maybe they're gonna simplify it I guess. Bumbers. It sounds as though they're gonna twist him into a normal lantern anyway, so yeah. uh, with that, you know. I was really looking forward to the Liberty's talking lantern. Taken. Damn it. Not happening. Uh, I doubt it, man. Damn it. Unless oh. they all get lanterns that talk.
1: Yeah. Oh. Could happen. Like the ring talks, they might just yeah. make it. Yeah, that's raw. true.
2: Maybe. There we go. Okay. Now back to your regular scheduled uh, program. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh final scores, guys.
1: That is an 8 out of 10 for me. It's enjoyable. Art was good. I'm excited for where this is going. Yep, same here.
0: I I gave it a 7.5. Pretty, you know, solid all around. All right, moving on. We'll be looking at Batman Superman number 18, and I'm going to let Rob take that one away.
1: Gladly. So we have from writer Gene Luen Yang, pencils from Ivan Reis and Jose Luis, inks from Danny Mickey and Jonas Trinidad. Colors from Sabin Rich, and letters from Saida Temafonte. But Batman and Superman are facing down Otario. He has Superman down with a kryptonite ring and cracks Batman's helmet with a batarang. Batman gets the upper hand, blasting the kryptonite ring and destroying it, giving Superman his power back. They regroup and get in contact with Oracle, who tells them there is no reference to Otterio in the Justice League databases, but there is a file about a Lexcorp project that fits the same description. And that's all happened in a page and a half. It feels like half the book, but that was insane. i know. Yeah. Uh,
0: also, I, I just want to say one thing. Yeah. I feel like I might have mentioned this before, but um, it's it's just really nice to have Oracle around again.
2: I feel like she's popping up
0: in every book as kind of like the, you know, the role that she used to have, which was not like receptionist, but almost like strategist and in information center. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's really nice to see it pop up every now and then. So, I, I, I just a little side comment, but it's like, every time I see the little Oracle thing, it's like, oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah. She's, she's plugged in again. It's great. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to spoil the story in the film world for one reason it if i do it's gonna be like a very very long description there's so much happens in that world that mm, yeah. is just so much to talk about but also i don't want to spoil it because it's just so charming and you really just need to read it and see all the twists that the characters take it's just fantastic i love yeah.
2: it yeah I, mean, so, dude, I like how it kind of seems as though they're setting up this autour.io to be oracle's nemesis a little bit maybe mm-hmm.
0: and I, I i just really like how it captures still the tone of like the 1940s serials and you know like the, i mean it, it might seem a little corny but it just it really works for me like you know when batman and and superman kind of team up for the first time and use their abilities in a complementary way and superman's just like oh we're great partners and robin's just like uh oh, he actually has a partner and like yes. i don't know it's just it's like that yeah perfectly yeah. like, kind of corny but still works in a really charming way
2: yeah through the whole issue he's like what is with this guy huh. <laughs> i'm batman's partner. Yeah. he somebody even calls him a sidekick and he's like yeah partner we're partners <laughs> uh great yeah, i i just straight up
1: love the story i won't even spoil the end because that'll spoil the end for the film strips too but this is just a fantastic story oh it's just so fresh and exciting and interesting i love where it's going the one thing i am going to spoil i will spoil because screen rant sucks mm.
2: <laughs> just, yes they do yes
1: the, the note i have is, is about screen rant i just i need to rant about screen rant for a sec. <laughs> go, for go for it please I've been thinking about this for a week it's driving me crazy so I, I get Screen Rant articles on my Google news feed because I got my algorithm working for me, and I think they pop up because I watch a lot of their pitch meetings on YouTube, which is hilarious, and to me the only good thing Screen Rant puts out.
0: hmm No, that's <laughs> fair. That's very valid. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah.
1: very fair. <laughs> they put out a headline that said um, DC just
2: flips the Martha scene in the comics. And
1: no, they fucking didn't. <laughs>
2: no, they, it's everything... Every title they have is completely so misleading. It's
1: all bullshit. Bruce sees his yeah. mother in the film world. That's it. And yeah, he's going to have a bit of an emotional reaction. And that was great. And is it's interesting to see, especially with the way this Martha is. That has nothing to do with the fucking movies. It has nothing to do with Batman v Superman. And quite honestly just on a side note I thought that Martha scene was one of the best parts of that movie in a movie full of like bad choices I thought that one made sense but mm. Screen Rant just please stop <laughs> stop screen with the clickbait
0: <laughs> cease to exist <laughs> please I, like, I mean
1: I don't want to put anyone out game. of a
2: job
0: but
1: like, No, like yeah. not, not necessarily shut down but like step up your game a little bit comic yeah.
2: book news too I will put you on blast I don't care what anybody says all of your shit is clickbait too hmm <sighs> <laughs> and,
1: and uh, Combug oh, resources,
0: quite a bit. Oh my miles. god, I was literally just about to say CBR. <laughs> I was
2: like, Jesus yeah, Christ, oh, actually, um, that's that's who I meant. I they,
0: they are oh, the yeah. worst at clickbait, it is so ridiculous. Oh my god, it's so ridiculous. And like, there was
2: uh, leading cool, we got this covered. Oh, they all kind of blew Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> there was a YouTube channel I used to follow that was strictly just dragon ball news and he, oh. he was like plugged into all the leaks and info sources and he had like friends in the business that he could talk to mm-hmm. and he had like like three videos a week it was good and and he ever so often would just complain about cbr and their top 10 list on <laughs> dragon ball and how bullshit they were right. and like out of the 10 points most of the time they'd get like two right
0: yeah, and It's yeah. just
1: they don't actually consume the stuff and they think they can write about
0: it. Or, yeah, okay. exactly. It's like they'll get the bare minimum of what the content actually is and then say stunning revelation about Wolverines w-, and it's like that's that's not really what happened. What are you talking about <laughs> yeah. or or they'll make it seem like it's so much more important than it is. I don't know. I have I have a lot of problems with CBR
2: top 10 reasons why superman is the greatest hero yeah and 10 that he's not (laughs) but (laughs) but listen hey it's funny that you brought up dragon ball dude because we're in the middle of reviewing a yang book and uh, i think this should be the true yang gang by the way in any case (laughs) he recently said that he wants to do a a crossover between superman and monkey prince
1: yes i remember that yes so
2: excited do you know who Goku is based off of? Oh, definitely. He, Monkey I mean, Prince, the the Legend yeah. of Monkey Prince, and they so they both are. Uh, he wants to do this as a way to finally settle the argument of who would win, Superman versus Goku, and this is the only way it'll ever happen. So that's what he wants to do. I think that's cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and let's face it, it's Goku.
2: But yeah, wait, it,
1: what? It'd be cool. <laughs> I could go on, no. I have reasons I have powerpoints, I have charts
2: oh,
1: <laughs> I thought long and hard about this Goku
2: that All he's, he's gotta do, Superman flies up While Goku's in the middle of
1: <gasps> 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 In the recent Slip. manga Lobotomize They've him. improved he's it <laughs> they've, they've, they've gotten faster now it only takes two seconds instead of 20 minutes.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Superman oh, can move faster than that. Uh, Goku's done. Lobotomy. Yeah, done. <laughs>
1: Goku's instant transmission. We could go on. Okay. I uh, yeah, mean, Superman... We can't do that again. Gonna, oh, have no, you no, guys I've seen cigar-ed. that in...
0: That, oh, that death battle video. Oh, God. Yeah. I,
1: I tried to avoid that because that just brings out the worst in
0: people. Yeah, it's just people got, like, <laughs> so mad about it. And then and then they did yeah. a redux because they were getting so much hate, and they did the same thing. <laughs> just, just to, like, really
2: double down on it, and people were pissed. Yeah. That's hilarious.
1: Anyway, yeah. Art was fantastic.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. The
1: writing is great. I'm loving the story. Keep going getting better and better i don't even know if you can get much better it's just great nine out of ten for me keep it coming
2: i'm i'm kind of along the same vein this isn't something that's a major story you're not gonna get super invested in it it is interesting and more importantly than all the rest of that it is fun and that and the great art is what sets it apart from being in like a five out of ten average comic book Mm. because you do get that campy serialized Uh, feeling here while you're reading the book and honestly if that's all it was you wouldn't be interested this book turns it up a lot and you will enjoy reading it so for that it gets a seven out of ten
0: nice yeah no i'm i'm still having a really great time reading this book and and i just i think it's such a wonderfully creative idea um setting it in this weird like film world so um i'm digging it and i I gave it an eight point Two five out of ten. Rob, did you give it a score?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a nine for me. uh,
0: Cool. All right. Well, next we'll move on to Strange Adventures number 10. Uh, So this issue was brought to us by Tom King with art from Evan Doc Shaner and Mitch Gerrits. And uh, there's not a ton to say about this one outside of the major revelations that come out of it. Which sounds counterintuitive, but basically, what I'm saying is like stuff happens, but like not a lot happens. Anyway, yeah, let me explain. Based, it. Basically, <laughs> yeah.
2: it's issue number 10, and this entire run up till this point yes. can be summed up on this issue's last three pages. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> essentially, this issue focuses on a letter written by Mr. Terrific after watching Alana's speech in the last issue that addresses some of the lies that Adam has been telling about his campaign on RAN against the Picts. Uh, The letter is juxtaposed with Alana's daily routine as she goes on talk shows and meets with the president and the army and prepares her makeup and does things like that at the beginning and end of her day. As usual, the issue features flashbacks of Adam on RAN leading all the different species of RAN to save the sea folk and fight off the Picts, hoping to drive them from the city of Ranagar. Uh, The major revelation, however, is that Adam Strange has made a deal with the Picts around Earth, and Alana truly understands the nature of his actions. What happens next will likely be some kind of dramatic confrontation between Adam and Alana, and it's hard to see how Adam will justify this. Uh, What did you guys think?
1: It's been much better this issue. And finally great to see this or great to finally see this actually getting somewhere Uh, (laughs) they're actually getting some kind of conclusion or at least heading towards conclusions two issues left you got to get there somewhere yeah i thought the the art was beautiful and i actually really enjoyed this but mostly because we're finally getting content
0: yeah i just my hope is that for the next issue at least they don't like because i know it's going to be some big you know dramatic scene between adam and alana like oh how could you do this and yada 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 but I'm just hoping like they don't ham it up too much, and that's the entire issue because I would just get really tired of that really quickly. But um, let's hear from Tom King's number one fan, uh, Josh, (laughs) on what he thinks about Strange Adventures number ten. All right. Well, first up,
1: I thought he was Bendis' number one.
2: Oh, sorry, Uh, sorry, I'm I'm both. Both for sure. (laughs) Both for sure. Yeah, it's it's my triad, my trifecta uh, uh, between Bendis And... and. and and uh, Tom King and of course everyone's favorite artist Raleigh Rosmo right mm-hmm. <laughs> okay the first thing that I have to say about this comic book holy fucking brutal war crimes Batman uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Adam Strange is not just an asshole he's not just this criminal i mean this guy is okay basically if he was on earth doing all of this shit they would have hung him publicly like no shit the smell that's been wafting out of this book it's you know obviously we we knew that coming in adam strange was not innocent you know or else the story would have never been told it could have been wrapped up the first issue uh, the full extent of the and i don't know if you guys noticed it or not but the full extent of the isn't it beautiful scene that we've seen several times now throughout the throughout the one it's been kind of scattered mm-hmm. where they're standing on that cliff and they're going isn't it beautiful it's gotten it's it's kind of zoomed out a little bit more each time we've seen it and now we get a nice big close-up of it and they're Saying the destruction of all the picked armies are is what's beautiful, and um, that's kind of fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh,
0: <laughs> it's 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 hard to see if you're a if you're an Adam Strange fan. It's a brutal. Yeah,
2: because because I mean I I'm not like no diehard fan, but I always thought he was a you know a decently cool character. He showed up when shit went bad, and yeah, you know, occasionally he needed help characters. Exactly. Um, but, uh, again, <laughs> you really could sum up the it, the run so far on the last three pages of this issue. And, honestly, at this point, I would say that this run will probably come across much better as a trade.
0: Yeah. Because
2: the first half was really slow-paced and kind of a bit all over. You spend the first half going, what the hell? Um, but that considering, you know, that considered... Uh, the, this is, I think, the best art yet in the entire run. It's a little bit heavy on words, but not annoyingly so, and it's not set up to block the art. <sighs> Damn it, Tom King! Eight out of ten.
0: Nice. Yeah. I. I mean, mm. I. I found this issue to be a little slower than I'd have liked. Like, I kind of, I kind of had already guessed that. I mean, we knew that Adam's daughter wasn't dead. There was clearly something there, and yeah, it, it, it seemed, it seemed like they were driving it. He made some kind of deal with the pick. So honestly, these revelations weren't that big, and at least not for me, because um, I'm so smart. Uh, but
2: uh, but <laughs> well, it's um, not that the revelations were big because you know, like we said, you know, we're ten issues in, we've yeah. seen all kinds of evidence that yeah. that's what's had Everything's centered towards it. So no hmm. big surprise there. The, the the thing that i think is um that that sold it for me was just kind of the way that they put it together normally okay. i probably would have been bitching about this issue if it wasn't woven so completely and I, so i mean i i don't like to do it but i do have to give credit where it's due man i thought so i thought it was a good issue
0: yeah no i mean it was it was fine like it gave us information i just i think i would have liked more with um alana and adam instead of it's just like we get the information alana does stuff that's it (laughs) like it it felt a little bare bones for me at least um but you know it's it it did what it needed to do so i ended up giving this one a seven out of ten
1: i i kind of got the opposite feel in a way where i felt it was telling two stories at the same time and that kind of flow really works for the issue. You get the story from Mr. Terrific in the letter that Alana is reading and then you get all the other stuff in the background with the art and you get to see yeah, all the Yeah, no, stuff I mean that, it's... Yeah,
0: yeah, that that stuff was cool. It's just... I don't know, like... I, th- I think to really hit it home for me, I would have liked to have seen more with, with Adam and Alana. It just felt like... Because I've seen him... I think the problem was like I've seen him do this type of issue before where an issue I think it was two or three and we first meet Mr. Terrific and it's just him kind of answering questions and you're like okay I get the sense of who this guy is I I think I understand why you wrote it like this and it's like feels like you kind of just remixed and recycled that template but instead of it just being you know finding out stuff about Alana it's it's Giving us information about what the what the plot is, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
2: I it, I don't know. I thought it was a good read, good enough to get eight out of ten. And I got us. I mean that that art. They've always got good art, but oh, I yeah, it was that's a, so good in this issue. And speaking, we were just talking about CBR and ranting about or raving, excuse me, about Milestone. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, uh, Reginald Hudlin and Dennis Cowan just sat down for an interview with. CBR, talking about Milestone Returns.
0: Oh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty yeah.
2: good read so far, so go check it out if you can.
0: Yeah, very cool. All right, next up, we'll be looking at Action Comics 1031, and uh, Josh, take it away.
2: All righty. Philip Kennedy Johnson is the one who wrote this with art from Daniel Semperi and Adriana Lucas with letters from Dave Sharp. And that uh, beautiful cover was done by Miguel Yanin. It turns out that the warships from War World were war... Ro- this is going to be hard. <laughs> it turns out that the warships from War World that were war refugees running from war zones, And, yep, that's pretty much exactly how it's described to us. They belong to I'm different closer. peoples a little bit. <laughs> but there's one with the insignia of the House of El branded onto her palm. The Superfam rescues the refugees, but is unable to convince the Atlanteans, involved because the spacecraft landed in the water, to let Superman examine this fragment from the ship with some unknown element. Apparently, its signature is very similar to source energy, whatever that means is going to happen later. But while Superman is trying to talk with the refugees, and they are trying to headbutt him... John and Supergirl debate whether or not the people can be trusted. Meanwhile, at the Fortress of Solitude, the one with an imprint of L on her hand shows us a bit of a flashback after she wakes up and breaks her restraints, where she basically her existence is causing pain to the rest of her people on Warworld, whether or not those are Kryptonians or not we don't exactly know. Mm -hmm. That's where we found out that she's been painted into a corner and that they aren't refugees. They were sent here on purpose, or at least she was. The art never suffers in this book, really, and the story continues to get better and better. In my humble opinion, I can't wait to see how this leads into the new age of Superman that's coming from Taylor really soon. Action Comics is getting another 8 out of 10 from me.
0: Very cool. Rob, what did you think? I
1: really enjoyed this. The art was just amazing. I'm loving. Yeah. I'm I'm loving the way the story is going. I was just even looking at, as you were talking about the art, uh, when Clark is in Atlantis and he's going to talk to the prisoners and he's just floating through the bubble and the color work there is just amazing. I'm loving the way this is going. I really hope these are new kryptonians because again similarities to goku mm. the kryptonians and sands are never dead <laughs> Apparently there's always not. more hiding somewhere yeah
0: we always seem to get a couple every now and then mm-hmm. we've lost so many so it'd be
1: cool to see some new side of krypton
0: yeah i, th- I think but... it'll be interesting to see what lengths you know clark will go to protect uh these people just after losing candor because it seems like he's still really reeling from that yeah
1: uh, that's if these are kryptonians
0: yeah that's true
1: yeah there's that could be a twist Uh sorry yeah um yeah i'm enjoying it i'm excited to see where this goes i can't wait for the future of this book and superman as a whole that's a seven out of ten for me
0: awesome yeah no i i thought it was a also a really solid issue and i think action comics is um definitely the stronger of the two philip kennedy johnson superman books right now at least from what i can tell but um i mean i i, I've, I don't know like i i enjoyed kind of the first story that he did with the golden age and it's i feel like it's still getting better but um yeah i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm with you i'm really interested to see where it's going and I feel like it kind of goes without saying that the art by Daniel Samper is, is absolutely gorgeous.
2: Um, uh, you don't even have to say that. Yeah, no, it's like, y-
0: if you just flip through the book, like, you'll know. Uh, so, yeah, this one, the main story at least got a 7.5 for me. But uh, we're not done quite yet. Next, we'll be looking at the Midnighter backup, and uh, I'm going to let Rob tell us all about it.
1: So this one comes from Becky Clunin and Michael W. Conrad, with art by Michael Elming, colors from Takisoma, and letters by Dave Sharp. Midnighter is ready to attack the present Andre Trojan, but is convinced otherwise by his personal Trojan. That still doesn't stop him from leaving a threat to deter Andre from causing the future that we've seen. Upon finding the note, Andre questions his motives, but instead doubles down with his new captive Shiloh Norman. Hoping to crack the mother box and arrive at his destiny, another fun chapter, I'd say. I can't wait to see the future of this. Is this? Do you guys know? Is this going to tie into uh, is it an annual midnight or annual? I think was announced recently.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's like I think that's going to be like the coda for this backup, and then that's going to lead directly into Superman: The Authority from Grant Morrison. okay
2: we It seems we've actually got quite a few storylines that are going to be intertwined yeah. mm. with the storyline. It'll be exciting to
1: see, and I, I still feel like this is one to pay attention to when it comes to all of Infinite Frontier mm. as a whole and the whole overall story. I think he, he, this character, at least this story, might have a big part to play in... The Infinite Frontier series that we're gonna get, but yeah. that's just my theory. Who knows for sure? That's not confirmed. I'm not Screen Rant or CBR. <laughs>
0: but if this, is,
1: <laughs> if this is
0: supposed to tie into Superman and the Authority, I'm. I, I guess I'm still confused as to when that book is actually taking place. Because every time I see the covers for it, it's like Superman's got you know gray temples, and he looks like he's getting up there a little bit. But I mean, Apparently. if this is supposed to be in the present
2: day. It's not. It's okay. supposed to be like right before or simultaneously while he's on Warworld. Gotcha. Where he did look kind of grizzled and a yeah. little older.
0: All right. Well, uh Rob, did you give your score?
2: Yep. Yeah, um I enjoyed
1: it and I can't wait to see Rico. Seven point five out of ten for me.
2: Cool. What did you think, Josh? Uh, the ending. Did anybody see any of that coming? me either dude yes more please I'm even loosening up on my art critique here because I'm actually starting to feel like Deming is the new Howard Porter when he's at his best and maybe even a bit better The, the backgrounds for the Midnighter panels are great though the rest of the panels in the background they feel a little bit lacking I'm in though uh, great progress and seeing this dude have Miracle tied up in whatever that was i, I can't wait to see where this goes that's awesome mm. yeah so, no i eight out of ten
0: nice I, I i agree it just uh just kind of a solid chapter and uh I, I didn't really have much else to say outside of uh just kind of continues a, a cool story with midnight or so i end up giving this one a, a seven out of ten so my final score is a 7 point25 i don't know what you guys had
2: Mine's an
1: 8. Mine would average out to 7.25 as well.
2: Cool. After these messages, we'll be right back.
0: Now, back to our program. And we're back. Hope that wasn't too horrible. Thanks for sticking with Not A Robot. Next, we'll be looking at Harley Quinn number 3. This issue was brought to us by writer Stephanie Phillips with art from Riley Rosmo and colors from Yvonne Placentia. So Hugo Strange is done playing around and decides that if he is going to fully enact his SAFE program, as well as some of the crazy experiments we see Strange do in the SAFE facility in Gotham, he needs to deal with the Harley Quinn problem once and for all. Uh, Harley, however, is going full steam ahead with her clown rehabilitation program despite no one seemingly showing up at first. But after some people begin to trickle in, Harley talks about how she's made plenty of decisions, and how she wants to help others. She feels it's her time to do something right. But it's too late as one of Hugo Strange's orderlies, Lockwood, decides to reveal himself as one of the people in the group and attempts to kidnap Harley Quinn along with all of the other people in the meeting. But Lockwood and some other safe orderlies load up the former clowns in a van, and while Harley pursues, the van crashes before she's able to free them. Fleeing into the sewer to escape and plan her next attack, she is met with a rather unexpected friend, the monstrous Solomon Grundy. And it's not even Monday. Uh, <laughs> five, the I thought it was funny, but it wasn't. Uh, no, it was. Yeah, yeah it was good. Um, I, I thought this was a, a super solid issue. And, um, I mean, I, I still do dig the art, but I'll admit that there were some places where it was a little like crazy especially i think during the uh the chase (laughs) sequence because it for a moment there i was kind of confused because it looked like they got into the vans and started running and then harley just like seemingly ran and jumped on top of the van while they were at like full speed and i wasn't really sure what the hell was going on but other than that i I didn't have any major problems with it um it just like i said if it felt like kind of a solid issue a bit of a retread from what well, we saw last issue, where Harley's kind of talking about, you know, helping people find their redemption and so on and so forth, and then they're chased by um, Hugo Strange's like orderlies, but you know, still a still a solid chapter. So, I ended up giving this one a seven out of ten. How did you guys feel?
1: I I thought it was very good. I am um, felt like a short chapter, but that might have just been because I was just enjoying it so much. Mm. The twist with Grundy at the end, I think, is pretty cool. We'll see where that goes. I see what you mean about the chase sequence. My biggest worry about that is, what the hell was she holding on to?
0: Yes, yeah, that, that just that confused weird. me too. Yeah, I was like, were you holding on to like the window or the right. door? <laughs> it was kind of awkward. Yeah, but
1: I, I, I think the art style is still very fitting for Harley Quinn.
0: Yeah, I think like during the more like. Conversationy parts where they're just talking in the group, or Harley's talking to Kevin. Like they totally work, but mm-hmm. yeah, just during that chase sequence, it was a little weird.
1: Yeah, some of that. the action shots are a little awkward at times. Yeah, I really date that sequence at uh, I think it's a double page spread when she's in the sewer and she's seeing during her monologue all the people in her life.
0: Oh yeah, that was really cool yeah, too. That
1: was really cool. I liked yeah. that. It was a fun issue. I, I'm loving this book. I I love heroic Harley.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's such
1: it's, a good twist on the character.
0: I I'm I'm really liking this uh, kind of more reflective take because it definitely feels like she's drawing more on her path as a psychiatrist, and mm-hmm. I, I'm I still really dig that. But
1: uh, yeah, it was, it's about time she gets like right back into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is a seven point five from me. I I enjoyed it. Awesome. Keep it up.
0: Yeah, Josh, what did you think?
2: Okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. No, so after my last whole lose-my-shit rant about Bendis, I got a little bit of flack for it. So I'm going to try and pull that back a bit and dial it down. That said, the story is okay. It is a fun one for Harley. I I do like that she's going back, and her character is that she's not just a ditzy Mr. J fan girl anymore so that that's awesome it is a fun story for harley i can't tell if it's tied to the rest of the world completely or not and i am into philip's voice for harley if 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 literally anybody else was behind the illustration i i would have rated this so much higher so much higher but i can't so 5.5 out of 10
0: Oof, tough break
2: it is what it is man I mean I just you know Ros- yeah. Rosmo's art isn't for everybody and I mean that he doesn't well sometimes he does <laughs> but he doesn't ruin entire stories and characters and the whole nine yards like the other person I tend mm-hmm. to rant about so um yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to leave it, 5.5 out of 10, and I promise I won't do a bunch of cussing and <laughs> and, and, and yell at anybody. All right,
0: all right. We'll, we'll move on to the next issue. So next up, we have Detective Comics, number 1036, and uh, I won't waste any more time talking, and I'll give it to, to Rob.
1: Okay, so we have from... Amazing writer, Mariko Samaki, from art by Dan Mora, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters by Aditya Bidikar.
2: Yep. Zombies! Hey. hey, on that very first page where it's the newspaper. Oh, did yeah. You, did you guys happen to notice that right underneath the picture it says photo by Dan Mora? Oh, uh, really? Right. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Oh, nice. And a, and a nice that.
0: homage to uh, Detective 27.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. I didn't even, they didn't even click. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so,
1: zombies. They're not in Gotham yet, unfortunately. Mm. We'll save that for Zack Snyder. But instead, (laughs) Lady Clayface. (laughs) Lady Clayface is making a return. She's found by Bruce after molding herself to look like Sarah Worth. Bruce brings her inside his home, but is seen by Lydia, one of his neighbors. She calls the cops on Bruce, suspecting he is the one that killed Sarah, but the police find nothing after Lady Clayface fit herself into a small bag. Bruce changes clothes afterwards to figure out the connection Lady Clayface has to Sarah. He is interrupted by Huntress, who is also suspecting Bruce of murder, but comes to confirm that she is wrong. Now working together, they find out that Lady Clayface escaped Arkham on A-Day and found Sarah screaming in the sewers, hence taking on her form. Heading back out, Batman and Huntress find Neil's body, now dead from some disease that's been attacking other goons around the city. Neil was earlier seen confronting Lydia, who was now also found dead. And this is what Detective is all about. It's a good mystery, it's solid, and it keeps you guessing. And as much as I've enjoyed Detective Comics for years, I think I've said this before, there was a long period of time where it just didn't feel like it was a detective book but this definitely does say that again yeah yeah the operative word isn't comics it's detective yeah yeah and i'm loving this this is a good solid mystery and i i thought that twist with neil having died now like is we've never actually seen him commit a murder
2: they're just alluding to him doing it yeah well
0: clearly there's something going on with the the gunk in these people's eyes yeah and And we did see
2: him walking through that sewer a couple issues ago with blood soaking up to his elbows yeah Uh
1: yeah it definitely is catching him red handed oh yeah but who knows like maybe he's just a patsy or he's being controlled because he's he was definitely showing signs of psychosis in a way like Mm -hmm. he was going a little antsy and loopy at times so who knows but that that's the thing i love about detective stories and and mysteries is you can just ask so many questions and it keeps the conversation going um this was just fantastic for me and this was an 8 out of 10 and the art to go with it was also beautiful
0: oh yeah 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 no this was I, easily my my favorite issue for the week i guess that spoils later but um <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still i still really love this uh this this voice for Bruce, and I love this setting, and I I don't know, I just I feel like I have a lot to gush about, so I, I, I'll keep it short. But it's just it's just <laughs> like you said, it's a really great mystery and a really great setup, and of course Dan Moore is excellent in top form in each issue, as can't, always. Can't
1: mm-hmm.
0: praise
2: him highly. So I gave this one an eight point five. Yeah, I'm I'm actually giving this one a nine out of ten. Wow, uh, the the art is phenomenal in it. Huntress is back in the main books and not relegated to a two part backup story. And on top of that, there's realistic conversation between Huntress and bats. That's how I would imagine them conducting yeah. themselves. And lately, when we have well, up until you know, in the in recent incarnations, I should say, Huntress has always felt a bit wooden. And I feel like she's got personality again. That's cool. Uh, I hate the moniker A Day. I think it sounds gimmicky so. <laughs> yeah. And, But yeah, it's the Arkham Attack guys. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I am, I'm enjoying this so damn much. Like you guys said, Detective Comics is a detective comic again. I honestly could not ask for anything more out of this book other than, uh, I don't know, great stories and beautiful art. Oh, wait. And that is why it gets hit on out of that. Yeah, I'm
1: kind of iffy about the whole A-day thing. Cause I don't know if you guys played the, the Avengers video game, but they had a whole thing about a, a day called A-day as well. Huh. And every time I see it, I just think of the game and the game's kind of like meh. But <laughs> I I just I wish they found a different way to name yeah. the day. Yeah. I get it cuz Arkham, but
0: eh. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not it's not the most creative. Not what I would expect from the creator of uh, Punchline and Clown Hunter and all these <laughs> other wonderful, wonderful names that we love so much. Very
2: true. Man. Feels kind of feels kind of
0: basic, true. but yeah. Any 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 more thoughts?
2: Just uh, just keep this going, guys, because yeah. it's fantastic. Sure. I mean, there. It, I can't. I, honestly, there there's nothing I could ask for more out of this book, and usually I've always got something to bitch about.
0: Mm-hmm. This
2: is great, man.
0: Cool. Well, we're not quite done with Gotham yet, as we'll be looking at the Huntress backup, and uh, I'm going to let
2: Josh tell us all about that one. All right. This one is also written by Mariko Tamaki with art. Uh, by the way, Inside and Out by... Oh, shit, I'm reading the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Let me try that again. All right, this one is also written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Clayton Henry and colors from Jordi Belair. Aditya Aditya Bidikar on the lettering, and this is basically just Huntress on a revenge mission. Against that horrible ex-boyfriend that her now deceased friend had, it kind of flashed through her abuse, which, um, it was a little it 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 was disturbing to see because the they did it very subtly. It wasn't it wasn't like outright horrible to look at. It wasn't grotesque or anything, but yeah, it, it was enough to send the message home.
0: And I I do like that, like the boyfriend isn't you know almost like a cartoonish version of like the asshole
2: ex-boyfriend like he's he's kind of realistic
0: about it but you can tell he's
2: a real dick yeah exactly there's just it it does it definitely pulls you in and in the end uh that because that's pretty much the end of the book in the end after a few crossbow bolts get stuck in the ex-boyfriend somehow (laughs) uh, she leaves with a threat that she will make his life miserable rather than kill him on the way out, she has Oracle set him up for some uh, arresting on credit card fraud. Mm-hmm. So, hell yeah, man. I'm excited because this shows me that I'm going to get the Huntress that I want. Yeah. And having it all tied up together in one pretty book that shows me she's returning, I will take that all day long. It's short, and honestly, not much happens. But I'll take this direction because it i'm getting more huntress yeah. so this one gets a seven from me mostly because it's a long page closure type of thing with just one previous issue so uh you know it suffered in that regard but it, it, it was good and i'm excited about it seven out of ten for that so i am gonna give the entire book and i'm actually gonna round it up a bit 8.5 out of 10
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, it's just kind of a solid conclusion, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to the the longer uh, story that we're gonna get in uh, the Secret Files issue that should be coming up in a couple months. But um, yeah, like I said, just yeah, just a solid conclusion, and uh, I, I gave this this backup an eight out of ten. So my full score would technically be an eight point two five, but I'm I'm gonna round up to an eight point five. I just I kind of like that better. And I think yeah. just looking back, I, I enjoyed it more than just an 8.25.
2: And before we move on, we, we really raved about Dan Morizart. Um, Clayton Henry, this, this really is some of his best work. The only thing that I've ever really complained about is that he's got this almost trademark style of drawing faces very oh, yeah. long. And you don't see that here at all. And so it's just, it's wonderful to look at. And I actually had to look at the credits to see that it was Clayton Henry because without the long faces I didn't recognize the style
0: I I think the colors awesome definitely job. definitely helped too because yes. I mean I remember he did a black lightning book like a couple of years back and it was just I mean it was fine it just there were moments where it looked like really wonky and I was like ooh I don't know about this but I mean I'm I just I had one panel in particular and I'm wondering if I should save it for my panel of the week like yeah it's, go ahead it's just, What's <laughs> not
2: spoil it that's a, go ahead and don't spoil it
0: oh yeah and i'll, I'll save it for my for my panel of the week but it's it's actually from him and i think it's just a perfect pair of like colors and pencils and it just it's a really great view of huntress but anyway
2: i think i might know which one you're talking about
0: you might you might right. I'm, i might anyway we'll see but um <laughs> yeah all right yeah. well Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Rob, did you give your score?
1: No, it is. Sorry. <laughs> Again, detectives. like This is, is another mystery, and I'm loving this. And I, I'll i be honest, I didn't realize this was the last part of the story. I thought there was more to come, and I'm kind of disappointed that there's not more to the story. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. They, they, they straight out said, for some reason, it was always written like Huntress Part 1 of 2. Yeah, but
0: oh, there, wow. like I said, there is the Secret Files issue that will be coming mm-hmm. in june or june or july that i think is probably going to follow up on this
2: and just for the record if anybody is listening and for some reason i really think they are man (laughs) 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 too many things have lined up but in any case uh huntress would make a fantastic regular in the detective comics book
0: i think so oh yeah yeah she she's
2: unfortunately not popular enough of a character to carry her own title That said, she would fit in fantastic underneath Detective.
0: Yeah, if they they can't reboot Birds of Prey, I say stick her in here with Batman.
2: I mean, why the hell? I mean, we don't even need to reboot Birds of Prey. We know Detective Comics is going to sell, so let's throw Batwoman, let's throw Huntress, let's throw Bluebird, let's let's throw uh, Oracle over in Detective Comics and let Batman just dominate the rest of DC. Uh Yeah.
1: Yeah, bring detectives bring back detective comics yeah like, make detective comics great again
0: yeah or or like, it's reboot on its the way gotham knights program and just use that to highlight a bunch yeah. of smaller characters give it me
2: frankenstein frankenstein <laughs> yes. in gotham him. yes please oh, man. <laughs> yes it's, it's with like, all the other monsters please yes yeah mm-hmm.
0: so has frankenstein ever met batman
2: yeah yeah. yeah. Batman, yeah, very very much so. Batman <laughs> dissected him and tore him apart trying to find a way to bring Damien back.
0: To oh, life. that's right. I yeah, do that, remember was a that. crazy issue.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that man, that whole run took me for an emotional roller coaster, dude. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. I
1: I love that idea though. Like actually, like detective doesn't have to just be Batman. It could no, It be doesn't. A detective
2: book yeah. like it used the- to be. Kate Kane is a good detective. Huntress is a good detective. Oracle is a good detective, and Bluebird could use some training.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be just Bat Family. You could have the Question in there. You could have,
2: yeah. Well, that is Bat Family in there, and you know, I I don't know if I would count Elongated Man as Bat Family or not. That's more
0: Flash, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think you're right, but I mean, yeah, the others. There, that uh, question, both questions. Vic Definitely. Sage and Rene Montoya are like bat adjacent. Well I'd
0: I'd yeah. say more Montoya, Montoya than Vic, just because Vic well, has yeah. Hub
2: City. Well, he, yeah, he I mean they're not the place. same. But the the question of Batman, Vic Sage, they've 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 met up quite a few times. Just I'd say Batman and Jim Corrigan are kind of adjacent to each other.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like yeah. Jim Corrigan's probably someone who could which is another one that surprises me that no one really uses him in like any you know, detective or Batman books anymore, but the Spectre. Is yeah. Kind yeah. of. He's kind of just like he only appears in you know JSA or. You know, when Wonder Woman dies. <laughs> yeah, or, or some yeah. something somewhere like there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be a fantastic. Like Jim Corrigan just and trying to figure out why the Spectre brought him here. Like, that would yeah. be great. Hmm. That that Huntress cover that you just showed us, Brandon. Yeah, oh, isn't it? God, gorgeous? that is
0: beautiful. I know, right?
1: I, that's so hyper realistic. Almost. Oh my god. I got super excited for this book now. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's um for anyone who's read Stray Bullets, it's it's David Latham doing the art, which I think is gonna be so awesome. Oh my oh, god, gosh. are you
2: serious? Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm looking on the cover right now. Yeah, oh yeah. It's gonna be
0: pretty stacked.
2: Oh man, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, totally worth five bucks. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. But, uh, just, just looking at the cover, I yeah, five no, bucks it's for the yeah, <laughs> it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous,
0: but yeah. Any, so any is, final thoughts?
1: Is that going to cause? Reading the second part, I really got the feel that they were hinting at this boyfriend as abusive and dickish as He is is mm. not the man that killed Mary. No. And I that's why I was thinking there's got to be more because they're not just going to end on at like huntress has to get the killer
2: yeah all right now so, also most of the secret files or at least the one up till now they've been digital only and with a five dollar price tag i'm going to assume that this is definitely not so maybe we're getting a major huntress push here
0: so i think well those i think are the the infinite frontier secret files i guess this is a oh, new this is just, kind of like just, special oh, yeah batman secret oh, files God. series not digital first it's (laughs) its its own separate thing but um, uh right yeah I'll take it though yeah no, definitely definitely.
1: but all in all yeah I gave the backup a 7.5 and that will bring me I'm gonna round up as well the whole book I'll give an 8.5
0: awesome awesome all right well we'll be taking one final look at the bat family in uh, Robin number two
2: yeah wait a second after that we're gonna go bat adjacent too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, I mean, it's, well, it gets to the I point. Mean, it's yeah. like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, except I think it's more like three degrees of Batman. <laughs> yeah, in, in so much
0: as, as Teen Titans is Batman. But um, right. <laughs> okay. This issue was brought to us by writer Joshua Williamson with art from Gleb Melnikov and colors by Luis Guerrero. As Damien awakens from death, startled as to his surroundings, he is brought up to speed by Rose Wilson, a.k.a. the Ravager. Rose basically fills him in on all the rules of Lazarus Island and the tournament, as well as some of the new fighters like XXL, Black (laughs) Swan, sorry, (laughs) Flatline, Respawn, and the Mysterious Hawk, a true powerhouse fighter.
2: Hey guys, just real quick, again, uh, with that, that outfit that Respawn dude has on, man. I think his name should be changed to Deathpool the Lobominator.
0: Yeah. Well I, I still I still I'm still laughing at the this came out like a month ago and I'm still <laughs> laughing at the thing that Damien said when he's walking by him and Respawn's just like, Oh, my name's Respawn, I'm whatever and Damien's just like nice copyright infringement.
2: I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um So Ravager even offers to train him, but Damien being the cocky brat that we all know and love, blows her off and proceeds to investigate the island. After teaming up with Flatline to look into some of the mysterious aspects of the island's connection to the Lazarus Pit, Damien is ensnared in a net by Ravager, who decides that Damien needs some training whether he likes it or not. But this training isn't for combat or murder. Instead, it's for something much, much scarier for Damien. How to have fun oh god yeah. the horror yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but um yeah this this issue was uh was a lot of fun and um i mean i i i think i don't know i feel like i i tend to kind of groan with a lot of new characters because sometimes they can just kind of pop up and then fade away into the yeah. nothing but um i i, I kind of like flatline for damien at least i i yeah, i, I also really well. like the the nod that um, she's Lord Deathman's sidekick because right, <laughs> I just like Emily, like Lord Deathman from Batman Incorporated is the last person I would have ever expected to have a teenage sidekick,
2: but here we are, or even name dropped at this point. I yeah, know. I know, right? <laughs> oh man, I love that this book started out with Ravager talking shit to Damien, I yeah. thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I also thought that it's hilarious that this Mortal Kombat DC style death tournament on Lazarus Island gives you 3 lives like Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you lose your soul if you lose all 3 but you get to live forever if you win. Uh <laughs> Is that really a prize? Immortality from anything died to the Lazarus anything in DC. Mm. Just it, that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> um it's good, Damien. That, did, did you guys get the, like, I was reading this book, and I saw the spark of joy drawn on Damien's face when he was like, I don't have to hold back. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's like, wait for that. yeah, you just gave yeah. this kid his birthday, Christmas, and even his first three anniversary presents after he gets married. He's, <laughs> I, this kid has never been happier in his life. <laughs> I'm still mm-hmm. volleying for Deathpool, the Lobo Minator, And, um... <laughs> Counterhawk, Hawk, dude. Fuck yeah. Except, they're they're God, yeah. teasing
0: it. It's it's like dangling yeah. a carrot. Like we're almost there, so but not. Almost
2: clear. there. But uh Dick, his I guess I'm kinda of ragging on clothes today, but uh his his outfit is kind of looking like some weird mesh between Green Arrow from the CW and Dick Grayson's Robin outfit. I just, yeah, It looks really weird. Uh, yeah. But Con- I like it, though. Connor yeah, Hawk will nice. definitely kill, though he may not exactly be happy about it. He seems like he's a little guilty. He apologized to the guy before he snapped his neck. I think it's kind of dumb that Ravager is the daughter of the world's greatest assa- assassin, and she's going to train Damien, son of the Batman, in having fun. I know. Uh, that's, hey, but he's got
0: to learn from someone.
2: I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess lighten up a little bit, but I mean, take him to a tiki party. I don't think Damien's ready for that. But overall, <laughs> <know. Since> 14
0: <laughs> yeah, I've right. met some 14 year olds who are ready to wild out like that.
2: Uh, at a tiki bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but overall, I am totally in. I'm having a hell of a time reading this book, and it's absolutely fantastic to look at throughout the whole thing. Robin number two gets a number eight from me.
0: Awesome, awesome. Rob, what did you think?
1: Great second chapter. Just amazing. Oh my god, I love this book so much. In yes. the world of yeah. like, Lazarus Island being a Mortal Kombat game, Connor Hawk's my main. I, I, oh, for sure. Whenever I, I play a video game, I pick the Ranger, and Connor Hawk's going to be my main.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, that kind of got me thinking. like, Because they've done you know marvel versus capcom and they've done i forget i think they did it was dc versus mortal Kombat, but um yeah unfortunately i mean the the idea was great
2: man but that was not good execution
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and and, you know obviously they have injustice but I, i i don't know it got me thinking about a mortal Kombat style game that's just focused on the best fighters in the dc universe so shiva black canary wildcat batman you know, Richard yeah, Dragon, that would be those guys.
2: Awesome! Hell yeah, um, dude, that would be that would kick be ass.
0: Yeah, maybe just like a DLC or something. I don't know, but I'd be down for it.
2: But, yeah. Um, it was funny
1: you mentioned as well, Brandon, about characters that just get lost to time, and Raptors in this.
0: Yes. ooh, yes. yes. Raptor. Right. Every time he shows From up, he Tim Seely's
1: nightwing. And less. And a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a, uh, I loved Raptor in that, but yeah. And, and also I think there was I think there was Japanese Batman I can't remember what book he was yes from, yeah I was one I, of the people um, that Damien kills
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wonder I wonder how Bruce is gonna feel well Batman incorporated's been long long dead at this point so maybe he doesn't care but
2: yeah. um well, Damien wasn't aware of it, and he broke into the Bat computer and stole Batman's diary. So there's a good chance that, for some unexplainable reason, Batman is unaware of Lazarus Island either.
0: I don't know that is yeah. that doesn't seem like Batman. I feel like he knows everything.
2: Oh yeah, but come on. I mean, you I'm a I'm a, Stan, he, even, I'm a Bat Stan and even I'm a Bat and even I say Batman, not Bat God. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll see, but um. Yeah, Um, moving on, we'll be taking a look at Teen Titans Academy number three, and uh, I will let Rob take it away. Gladly.
1: So writer Tim Sheridan brings us this with pencils from Rafa Sandoval, inks from Jordi Tarragona, additional art from Max Rayner, colors from Alejandro Sanchez and Alex Sinclair, providing the colors with Max Rayner's additional art, and letters from Rob Lee. That is an amazing team right there. It is a big one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Red X is helping the Suicide Squad get into Titan's Tower, which you may have seen in a couple of books in the past couple of weeks, sneaking them around the sensors. Superboy sees a photo of him with Young Justice and pauses while a sensor gets in range and sets off the alarm. Now rushing to find Alinta, the squad corner her in the locker area which you would have seen in, I think, it was the last issue. Mm-hmm. With the OG Titans on a mission to rescue Markovian Metatine refugees, the new class and upperclassmen come to her rescue. Seeing a difficult situation, Waller orders to kill everyone, but Peacemaker has issues with that. Red X also hates the idea and switches sides again in fights with the class. As the OG Titans arrive back in time to join the fight, with the squad get teleported out by Warp, another addition to the Suicide Squad. Talon was almost apprehended by Crush, but lost him due to the other Titans fearing she would kill him and distracting her. Frustrated by the notion, she takes off for her own book where she can do what she wants. (laughs) Now on the case of who Red X is, is Gotham's own, the Bat Pack. Again, detectives. There's like a theme sensing here.
2: Clearly. I don't know if I would quite call the Bat Pack detectives, though, man. (laughs) Yeah, they're just, they're nightwing They they certainly think they are. Yeah, right. (laughs) Now, on, They're I Carrie just want to Kelly's point really.
0: out oh, yeah. Connor will someone save you please <laughs> yeah. I thought this was going to be it but I'm just like yeah. that's that's my biggest problem with it just seeing Connor show up and like not do anything and I mean he takes a he moment to pause but it just it, yeah. it, it kills me yep.
1: you'd think even for a second somebody else like the OG Titan showed up when he was there and yeah. somebody should have said
0: literally literally the only person who has like any reaction is wally who's just like connor why are you here and then that's the end no one else cares i guess
2: yeah well i mean things are going on really so it's action heavy blah 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 okay slide that aside i'm a there's got to be some kind of like maybe not quite 100 percent effective memory control brain control memory loss shit going on here yeah I mean, because he he paused and looked at it, like he was like kind of looked familiar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe, or I guess rather obviously, he's he's not in control of himself. Yeah, I, I don't we'll think see. that he knows that he was a part of that team at this point.
0: But uh, what did what did you guys think?
1: Oh, I, I enjoyed it. All right, yeah. I'm loving this story so far, and I can't wait to see, again, who Red X is. And I talk about this every month, but I'm going to keep talking about it until they reveal <laughs> the identity. Yeah. Give me it. <laughs> the, the one thing I found a little odd on the cover, Superboy, the, the face, he looks kind of like a mix of John Aston and Don Knotts.
2: The whole damn cover. I was yeah. like, what in the hell? <laughs> it yeah. just looks... You know what it looks like is it looks like they drew it on a much taller resolution and portrait mode, and then just kind of squished it
0: down. Yeah, it definitely did look. That's why I I, I noticed it with with uh, Peacemaker's face because it looked really squat on that cover for some reason. Yeah, yep. Like I know he's got the that. helmet and everything, but it looked like it was like I don't know. It just looked really squished.
2: Yeah, it did. Thankfully, most of the rest of the issue isn't like that. It looks Mm -hmm. pretty good, actually, in most parts.
1: I think so. Uh,
2: This is, for me,
1: 7.5 out of 10. I enjoyed it. I love a good mystery. can't wait.
2: (laughs) Yep. I feel like the story picked up, and it's definitely moving in the right direction. In the beginning, man, this thing was super compressed, but I see it kind of had to be in order to set us up for the rest of it. The pace has improved so much, and the story is damn interesting. Side note. <laughs> I thought it was funny on the last page how it said, Check out Crush's solo adventures in Crush and Lobo. There's two people in that title. <laughs> how in the hell is that a solo? Yeah. But uh, regardless of goose like that, guys, I am still here with you Titans, 8.25 out of 10.
0: Wow. Yeah. No. You. You guys like this a lot more than I did. I don't know. I just. I think I'm still a little. Still a little iffy about Connor's place on this team, especially because I was really hoping that this would free him from the clutches of the Suicide Squad. But we're not yet another mystery. Yeah. So you know, it just. (laughs) I don't know. Like it was. It was a solid issue, but I think like just that kind of brought it down for me and i'm I'm, i just like i'm i'm i kind of i'm I'm into the newer characters like they're they're growing on me and that's all well and good but just putting the suicide squad here and basically having like none of the titans acknowledge the fact that connor was a big part of that team it just i don't know it felt a little weird for me just kind of off and didn't didn't really work so i ended up giving this issue a seven out of ten
2: Fair but enough. I, I did
0: really like the art. The art by yeah. Rafa Sandoval is great.
2: Yeah. All, all of it. Both teams pretty dang good.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, next we are going to briefly mention uh, an issue that came out this week. Uh, sort of an honorable mention. And that is Star Girl: the Spring Break Special number one. So I'm going to let Rob briefly summarize this one and we'll share our thoughts. All right, so I won't go into a full,
1: detailed description of what the issue goes on to, but at least a point bullets and points go through of, I think, some of the most exciting parts. Number one, at least, Green Arrow and Speedy, their connection to Golden Age is explained. I don't know if that was actually a thing in previous books, but I thought that was pretty cool mm. that they were just sent back in time, and they are actually the Golden
2: Age version of themselves, as well as Celebration Bronze Age. That, that's pretty cool. I, mm-hmm. Side note, audience, I did not get a chance to read this one. I am hearing it first just like you. Huh. I, I will try not to spoil too much
1: if you still plan on reading it. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Then we should we should keep some of it under wraps.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so spoiler-free review then. Seven Soldiers of Victory regroup due to a crisis that is brewing. That's they must cool. save one of their own from the past. With some of the old characters and some new characters replacing some of the older ones that are no longer with us. Oh, yeah. This is all tied into Courtney and Pat going on a spring break retreat, but that is just a cover for going to help the seven soldiers.
2: Do they call so them Stripesy?
1: I, uh, I know a, during the past, I think they called them Stripesy. Well, yeah. At in least the during, past they during called explanations, but I don't think they called him that during this. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there is some time travel shenanigans going on, Clock King is involved, and we get some awesome team-up stuff from Red Arrow and Stargirl. The final battle has some interesting moments I quite enjoyed, the art I think was really good, and at the end of it all we get a big teaser for a book I'm excited for, and with one character's costume in particular I just want to point out when we get to it. We have a new Justice Society book coming, which was a yeah. big reveal
2: from this issue. Yes. Oh man, that's awesome. Damn it, why I didn't I can't read this book? Wait.
1: As I the, the story will also be continuing in Star Girl, where it looks like we will get more Red Arrow and Star Girl team up action, which I'm excited for because oh, I thought yeah. they made a pretty good team. That is a that that's an interesting team up. Mm. It is. But also like a nice harken to OG uh Seven Soldiers with Star Spangled Kid and speedy. Mm -hmm. So this new Justice Society book well, I'm assuming it's its full book. It might even be. We don't really have anything apart from a double page spread at the end of the issue called Justice Society Past is Prologue and is being written by Jeff Johns with art by Brian Hitch, colors from Alex Sinclair, letters by Rob Lee and the roster looks fantastic.
2: Yeah. yeah. mostly,
1: Mostly some OGs with again, some updated people that doctor midnight i think that doctor midnight i don't know if this version of doctor midnight has been in the books yet but it looks like a doctor midnight is based on the star girl tv show
0: that That one was in uh infinity inc i think
1: okay
2: yeah did you say this was was going to be written by jeff johns that is Mm -hmm. correct Sweet. I will pre-order my copy that will come out in five years' time. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I, again, I just, I mean, I joked about this in our, our group chat, but it's like this is the third time that he has relaunched the JSA book, and it feels like, I don't know, like some higher power is basically made him contractually obligated to write the Justice Society for the rest of his life. Or at least it feels that way. But
2: uh, Maybe it's just his favorite characters.
0: But, but, like the yeah. third relaunch that he gets to do, it's it's nuts.
2: It's like I'm Jeff fucking Johns getting yeah, my I guess boots. I maybe like I asked for
0: the JSA and you know who's gonna tell me no, nowhere. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: But the, the character I wanted to highlight the costume is actually Alan Scott's. Uh, it, yes. It's a it's an updated version oh, good. with more of a a jacket instead of a shirt. And I kinda, I kinda like the way it's going with the silver boots. It looks really cool. But the logo
0: is core logo yeah i don't know about that i I hope that's just the like we can't really see the full thing but i i hope they don't give him the standard core logo because i always liked that about alan scott that he was kind of on the outside his was more magic based
1: i did did enjoy that but i i think jeff johns is involved in somewhat with the live action Green Lantern stuff are going,
2: whether it's the movie or the TV series, uh, they're so they're retconning so they might uh, be connecting no. that yep, they're yeah. gonna retcon it, dude yeah, yeah, and they're gonna, if it's Jeff Johns that's in charge of this shit, I bet you somehow he'll wrap it back to Doomsday Clock uh,
0: they, they oh, tried oh. to retcon it that he was in the core in the 90s and it was, that yeah, sucked that's weird, <laughs> it was
2: the 90s though uh, admittedly, most <laughs> yeah. shit sucked yeah, yeah this comic book is not selling. How do we make it sell more? Well, my best idea is probably add more pouches. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just, hey, was just a swords. stupid
0: retcon. Who needs feet? <laughs> yeah. Like it was. Yeah. It was basically that a Green Lantern had crash landed into ancient China, and the ring basically devolved into. A mineral, And then that mineral became the lantern that spoke to Alan Scott. And it's like, they were trying really hard Jesus. to find a creative way to tie it into the core. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't really don't have to do that.
2: No. I mean, you could just, instead of a lantern, I mean, if you're going to retcon it and make him the same as all the other lanterns, which I mean, I get it. That is a downer, but it doesn't sound like that's not going to happen. So you replace the lantern with the ring and it's exactly the same thing other than his weakness probably won't be wood anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously his, his powers won't be magic based mm-hmm. unless he's got some kind of magic ability already. Then maybe he'll be able to use them together. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of stretching that there. though.
1: Yeah.
2: Either way, I'm excited.
0: Yeah. It's always to see good it to anymore. have the JSA back.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was wrong, and Stripesy is actually mentioned, but at the very last page where we get a Fred Hembeck original, Oh where you get to play Where's Stripesy? (laughs) (laughs) Amongst a slew of Golden Age characters. Ah, that doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that was the book. I enjoyed it. If we're rating it, I would probably give it an 8 out of 10. Right I it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll no, I get up
2: this weekend.
0: Yeah, felt the same. It was uh, just kind of a fun, you know, fun little one-off tale, but also setting up some cool stuff. So I gave it an eight out of ten as well.
2: Right on, right on.
0: All right, now that that's done, let's break down our top three books for this week and a standout moment if you have one. So, Rob, why don't you get us started?
1: So my top three is a little weird. Based on my scoring, but at least how I because I, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it when I get there. Number three is simple Batman Superman mm. fantastic art, fantastic writing. Keep up the good work. I love this story. Number two may have been my high, highest rated book, but I'm giving it to Milestone Returns simply because it is a setup book, it's not to me a full issue. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be number one. So realistically, in my mind, this is kind of a tie. Yeah. But because number one is its own full book and we're getting full-on story as it goes, I'm giving it to Robin. Nice. So much fun. I love the Mortal Kombat vibes. And I can't wait to see some fatalities going on. <laughs> a lot of lies have already been spilled already, but like if like Respawn does some scorpion stuff and just like get over here and rip your head off. And, uh, I'm uh, sold. Forever. He does have
2: big hooks, man. It's totally possible. I'm bro. so excited
1: for that. <laughs> my my favorite moments is the Labobinator telling you. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment is the Titans class coming to the rescue. Hmm. When you see that that spread, I thought that was really cool. I didn't expect that to happen. Of all the things that could have happened. But I thought, I thought it was really cool. It shows that camaraderie and you get to see everybody just ready to fight and they're they're in it for the long haul. You can see that these kids are really in it to be heroes. thought that was really nice.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I know for me, my top three books for this week, uh, at number three, I had a two-way tie between Robin, number two, and Action Comics 1031. I just, I couldn't really make up my mind on those two, but they were they were both pretty solid in my opinion. Uh, number two, I had Batman Superman number eighteen. I still really love the direction and uh, tone of this series. And then at number one, I had to give it to Detective Comics ten thirty six. Just such a phenomenal issue, and yeah, it just really keeps uh, really keeps digging into the mystery. And and I don't I don't I don't know what else to say. So my favorite moment came from Detective ten thirty six specifically the Huntress backup and. This is what I was talking about earlier. It's a it's a, a brief panel where you see Huntress stepping out of a window and it's like I I think it just really struck my eye because it was the coloring that was used where it's almost saturated entirely red, save for Huntress's costume, which is, you know, the black and purple and, and yellow, what? but it's almost like tinted with a red. Yeah. To the point where it's like it's almost like a new color that's made. It might as well be. Um and it's just really, really well done. So that was my moment of the week. But uh Josh, what are your top three books for this week and, and standout moment?
2: And my standout moment was when I picked up this book and started mm-hmm. to read it. I'm gonna have to give all three places to Harley Quinn. Ah. Uh, just kidding. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so uh the the ranking I had, I didn't have to fuss with this too much. It kinda of fell right into place. I'm giving Titans Academy number three. I I know Brandon's not a big fan, but I'm into it, man, and I mean at this point I'm kind of used to Connor being yanked around and having memory wiped and not knowing which Connor it is and all of that. Hopefully we get just hopefully we get a map. <laughs> To where he's going to go next, and they just kind of keep him going down that road for a while.
0: Uh, Yeah, I just, (laughs) I I really just want like someone like Clark or Tim or anyone, preferably Clark though, to just be like, like, Connor, I just, you've been like floating around for like the past three years. I need, I need to talk to you and give you some direction.
1: They had that going for a bit in action comics before, I think it was before death metal. Yeah. And I thought it was great, and now these out oh, again.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Damn you, reboots! I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, number two is going to have to go to Detective Comics. That shit is just top shelf across the board. But I had the most fun. I was looking forward to it the most, and I enjoyed it. Setup issue or not, my number one is Milestone Returns. Man, I had a hell of a time with that. Very cool. My favorite moment is going to be Huntress showing up a detective on that rooftop. She's full on coming back, at least it looks like it, and I was not expecting that, and I am so happy. So, that one's got my favorite moment.
0: All right, that was fun, but this is even more fun. It's time for The
2: Biggest Thinker. <laughs> oh, that's nasty.
0: So, which title made your stink list today, guys? Oh, Obviously, God. Harley,
2: for reasons uh, you all know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rob?
1: One day, Josh, one I day know. you will see. You will see the light. That ain't happening. <laughs> so I, I had a hell of a time picking my biggest stinker, and I honestly just at the end of the day I was almost a coin flip. But I, I, I had to base it off the lowest score. As much as I didn't want to put it here, I had to put action comics. I loved everything this week. It was all good. I thought it was a solid <laughs> week for DC. They've been killing it since Infinite Frontier started. But Action Comics had the biggest stinker simply by being the lowest score. It's by no means a bad book, but somebody's got to be the stinker.
0: Yeah, my, my biggest stinker for this week has to go to Teen Titans Academy number three. Not like I said, not a bad issue. Just you know, it didn't really didn't really work for me, and and uh, I still want to see Connor liberated at some point. And. Yeah. Uh, and- I'll keep fighting for that, but we'll we'll see what happens next.
2: all right, real quick <laughs> upset someday I'll see listen, you guys out there uh, both of my co-hosts and anyone listening. if you ever hear me say that I appreciate Raleigh Rosmo, I have fallen, I have hit in my head, and <laughs> I need to seek medical advice.
0: Hey it Definitely. could happen <laughs> i I happen. used to I used to hate Frank quietly like I could not oh, really? stand to look at his stuff wow. oh yeah and and it, for a while it actually stopped me from reading new x-men where I was just oh, like wow. I just I, I, I don't want to look at it it makes me sick and <laughs> like, I don't know one thing just had, one day it just kind of like something flipped in my brain and suddenly I was like you know what that actually isn't so bad and slowly started reading more and more of his stuff and now I freaking love the guy
2: Oh yeah. So
0: I it mean... could happen. All I'm saying is it could happen.
2: <laughs> Who knows?
1: I mean that being said, like I, I used to dislike John Armita Jr.'s art. I still do. I still do as well. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: that was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any oh, final shit. thoughts? Uh no, that's it, man. Like yeah. Rob said, guys, DC keep the good shit coming. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's the show. We hope you had fun. We certainly did. Come back next week for more DC Comics talk when we'll be reviewing Crush and Logo, number one, Suicide Squad, number four, Swamp Thing, number four, Batman 109, Crime Syndicate, number four, Justice League, number 62, Green Lantern, number three, and The Nice House on the Lake, number one.
2: I'm looking forward to that, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That'll be a good one, I'm sure. We'll be here talking comics and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. With that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time,
2: be good to each other and don't be a robot.